Welcome to Journeys of Teaching. I'm Aaron R. Gearhart. This week, we are exploring the journey of Mr. Jared Heising. Jared is a former middle and high school English teacher and current doctoral candidate and teacher educator at the University of Tennessee. On the last two episodes, we met Jared and heard his stories about becoming interested in critical media literacy and how he has incorporated it into his teaching. Also, Jared shared about growing up internationally and returning to the United States and how his experiences have informed his culturally responsive, empathy-driven teaching practices. On this episode, we will round out Jared's narrative as it stands now by discussing what it means to teach and be a teacher educator in 2023 and beyond amidst dominant social and political discourses, as well as recent legislation in conservative states. My experience with podcasting is um, the NPR National Student Podcasting Challenge. Have you right. heard of it? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I've listened um, to some of them actually. Yeah. My, I guess my crowning achievement or my students crowning achievement is I got uh, honorable mention in the national category at the high school range twice. Nice. So that was cool to, to, you know, my kids are brilliant. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my, my experience with podcasting was facilitating a podcasting project with students, which was really fun. What were they podcasting about? So um, I taught an AP rhetoric course and that's where I started it, which was language and communication and just like the, how to make an argument. And so they had to pick something that in their world they thought was important. Mm-hmm. And that was my only limitation. And then they, I was like, all right, go, go do it. Whatever you think is important, go podcast about it. Yeah. And we, you know, taught sub skills about how rhetoric is formed and the power of who you choose to interview and who you choose not to interview and what what that means in terms of representation and let them run with it. Um, So it was really, really fun. What were some of the, I guess, topics that they dug into or issues they dug into? Do you recall a few? Yeah, I do. One was one was really compelling and it got honorable mention, which was the idea that. in the school district that I taught in, they had adopted a, a discipline model that is supposed to be restorative justice. Mm-hmm. And then they went into like interviewing students who'd been in restorative justice ISS or in school suspension, and then in school suspension prior to it being restorative justice and basically revealed that nothing had changed. Oh, lovely. And that the, the, the rebranding was just that a rebranding, but nothing had changed. Um, and they got the principal to talk about it. And it was, they even got the district level facilitator of this program to talk to them. So it was a really, it was really cool to see the kids being empowered to explore something that was interesting to them through an alternative representation of literacy. Did, was any change enacted in the programs after that? Knowing that that was going to be published, did they feel, or by the look on your face, I say not so much? Yeah, no, not so much. Uh, In short, the answer is no, nothing changed. Okay. Um, If if anything, they were silenced. But that's an important lesson, too. It is. <laughs> um, I can tell you're trying to be very collegial about the matter yeah, right now. I mean, it's obviously frustrating to, to, you know, obviously, I believe that restorative justice is a great idea. Yeah. And the problem there is like teacher buy in and getting them to give up their plan time to sit in restorative justice meetings and to really get to the bottom of why disruptions occur, which I think is important work. Um but there's, there's a whole system of inequality 
right that is leveraged to protect those in power right do you feel that that is some of what led you to it sounds like you're doing some teacher education now as part of your doctoral program yeah. and i'm assuming like is that the end goal for you is to become a full-time teacher educator i think i think that's a fair assessment of what i'd like to be doing um i don't know for sure okay but i do know that i have a great um drive to make change sorry you're fine um to make change and to inspire the next generation of teachers to be more equitable and to move towards understanding how when they're in control of the room they set the tone for discipline and they set the tone for passion and creativity Mm -hmm. and although my primary goal is to improve creative teaching in the world i have several tertiary goals of getting kids to be in more equitable classrooms and reflecting on my own moments where I failed to do so. Right. I mean, I work, I'm working on a piece with somebody where, where that was the, the major focus um, based on Lamar Johnson's critical race, English education, which is now illegal in Tennessee. Um, you know, how do you, how do you sit in a room with young teachers and tell them this is the way you should teach, but it's illegal and it could cost you your career. Yeah. Um, And and the answer to that is, to me, through my research, to teach about Black joy and to teach about what what is powerful. Um, And it doesn't have to always be through this um, minority sort of minoritized mindset of like struggle. Right. We don't have to focus on the struggle. We can focus on the joy. is that passing the buck? Is that allowing white teachers to avoid their responsibility towards equitable teaching? Perhaps. Um, yeah, those are things to wrestle with. And those are things I'm going to keep wrestling with. But I think that's part of the journey. I love that idea about coming at it from the other side. I don't I would say it's not to a certain extent, not them like skirting their duties as much as maybe legally dissenting against what the law is, whether yeah. the unjust laws that have been made. I talked to a couple other educators that I've interviewed for this podcast. They've talked about using like, um, they call it Afrofuturism, like graphic novels, yes. which like is amazing. I've, um, I talked to a filmmaking educator uh, from Emory and she was talking about how she wants to portray more about black love and not so much mm-hmm. black struggle as a black mm-hmm. filmmaker herself. And so a lot of what you're saying is kind of resonating with some of the conversations I've had with other educators. I teach courses in teacher education geared towards elementary education, pre-service teaching candidates and grad students, as well as STEM educators. I'm even teaching a course about multicultural children's literature this semester. I struggle with how to best support my students as they seek induction into our profession and make sense of the socio-political context in which they will teach. In Georgia, public school teachers must avoid quote-unquote divisive concepts and navigate book bans in school districts. Stories like Jared's are inspiring for me, as I hope they are for all who listen to these recordings, as it provides fuel in the tank, so to speak. It helps me know that we can still fight for equity, to strive for better tomorrows, to call oppression and hegemony what they are, and to be unflinching. I want to thank Jared for sharing his stories of teaching on this podcast. You can follow Jared on Instagram at H-U-I-S-I-N-G-H. 
Next week, we will explore the narratives of doctors Jennifer Meadows and Kelly Moore from Tennessee Tech University and learn about the work being done at the Tennessee Tech Millard Oakley STEM Center. My contact information is in the episode description. This is Journeys of Teaching. I am Aaron R. Gearhart, and thank you for listening.